bread and oil before we eat a burger, <laughs> which is good because. Oh, you by the way, work. this this is uh, for the love of film podcast, a burgers with Bob's episode. We're I'm Bob. Yeah, I'm I'm burgers. <laughs> I, I'm bread and oil. Bread and oil. Yeah, there we go. Uh, uh, we're at the Sylvan Street Grill in, I don't know if we're in Peabody or Danvers, Mass. It's right on the line. Yeah. Um, one of the two. Yeah, but it's the original Sylvan Street Grill. There were three of them because there's one in Salisbury, Mass, and there's one in Cambridge, I believe. Really? Um, my father was telling me about because I asked him when I started working in Peabody, and I drove by this. I was like, wait, there's another one? And he's like, yeah, that's the original one because... I used to go to the, uh, the Salisbury um, Sylvan Street Grill with my dad all the time. So, during this episode, you may hear clapping. It's the World it, it's Series. It's game five of the World Series. No clue. Um, I know the Red Sox are in it, so that's why you'll hear. It's So, and I'm only saying this because it was explained to me about 40 times last night at work. Because, so this is game five, so they're in Dodger State. So, I guess the way the World Series works is... It goes back and forth, Two right? games or, in one... Stadium, then three, and then the last two, if it goes to seven games, will be in the first place again. Um, so not last night, but the night before, was the longest post-series game in baseball history. What was it, like three or four hours? Uh, no, it was longer, because it went 18 innings. Oh, my uh, God. It, uh, it went, so it went till four in the morning. My store manager stayed up, and stayed up to watch it, and then went to... Bed at four to get up at five thirty to come in to open the store. Uh, um, I, I understand when people are like obsessed, but like at some point you just have to you have to say no. And I don't. I've seen baseball games. Like I can sit through a baseball game. Yeah, it. it I think it's the only professional sport I've actually sat. No, I've seen a base uh, basketball <laughs> game too. Like it holds my attention, but like when it's on TV, yeah. or anything else, yeah. it's like. Five seconds and then I'm done. I have a whole thing. So I have like I have this weird connection to listening to baseball on the radio and getting car sick because so so my dad was a pastor and you know whenever it was baseball season he would put the game on driving home from church, church. and I'd sit in the back and. It drove me nuts, and I would always get car sick on days that we would listen were to you, baseball. Were you living up here at the time? Because the I know the announcers for the Red Sox have had sound. Yeah, no, we were yeah. living up here. No, it was when he was he he uh, was pastor in in Rye, and we lived in Exeter. Oh, okay. So it's only about a twenty minute drive, but I would end up having to go when we got home, go upstairs and lie down for like forty five minutes just to feel better. Um, the, the voices that did because I I didn't listen to it, but I'd yeah. flip through and I'd hear it every once in a while. The voices that do the commentating for the Red Sox baseball are very du- unique. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting. So we saw um, Beautiful, Beautiful Boy. Boy, which I stayed for the credits. Uh, not that I'm well, – I'll do that sometimes, but I wanted to see the music credits for this. And it was funny because when you're leaving, you're like, tell me if there's a, a deleted scene, which there wasn't a deleted scene per se, but there was uh, – uh, Timothy uh, or Timothy, I've been corrected, is how it's pronounced. Yeah, uh, Chalamet uh, reading that entire Bukowski poem. Oh, over. really? So it was like the last three minutes of the credits. Is it just his voice? Just or? his voice. Oh, you okay. don't see him. Um, yeah, but it's I, done I in know. a studio, not because it, it's earlier in the movie where he yeah. reads it in class. Um, 
another fun fact, because we were talking before we recorded that uh, both uh, Dave Chef and Nick Chef were consultants, and the movie's based on books by, by both, both of them. them. Yeah. But Jasper Chef, who's the younger brother in the movie, um, was a PA on the film. Oh, really? And created all of the notebooks. That, oh, that's that he, cool. Yeah, all the artwork in the notebooks he created. So, I mean, my guess is he's probably fairly young, because it says that Nick's been... Sober eight years. Sober eight years. So I'm just like, I, my guess is like he's, pr- you know, he's probably between 28 and 30 now. So his brother's probably, you know, 18 to 21, something like that. Well, that's assuming that the end of the movie was the last time. Sure. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, he could be older than that. Um, and and the way it never establishes time frame, but based on media, based on cell phones, stuff like that. It seemed like it was early, early 2000s. 2000. That's yeah. what I was thinking. It was definitely after the 90s just because of the music. Right. And, yeah, I, I was thinking, like, 2000s. And then it doesn't really, like, tell you how long it lasts, but he's 18 in some scenes, and then I'm guessing he's, like, 10 in others. Yeah. So, but it even goes back even younger. But, I mean, so he's 18 sort of at the beginning of the forward-moving narrative. Yeah. But then he has... 14 months sober at one point. So he's at least 20-ish by the end of the events of the film. Um, And the kids don't age the... That was my biggest thing because there's two little kids in the movie and they never really age. And I mean, I guess it could be too much to try and cast a million little little kids. Uh, but I guess until the, the last half of the movie, you don't really see him as much. Right, right. Yeah, they're kind of... Just running around in yeah. scenes. Um, uh, so we were talking beforehand because I didn't I didn't realize... And what's, the, what's the director's name who did it? Felix von Groningen. Right. Yeah, I'm just... Who's um? I didn't put two and two together until Bob brought to my attention. Who also directed uh, the Broken Circle Breakdown, which is probably one of my, I'd say probably one of the my ten favorite films of the last ten years. Um, and so this is his English language debut, and I can't even tell you the country he's from. I know it's Belgium. Okay, I was gonna say. If I say he's Swiss, <laughs> Dutch, or what, it's it's one of the Nordic countries. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's it's, it's in Belgium, um, but it's interesting because that film, The Broken Circle Breakdown, is about a band, a bluegrass band, so they sing all in English, but then all the dialogue is in Belgium. Yeah, and I know we've talked about it before, yeah. and I still haven't gotten around to seeing it, but yeah, it's, uh, it, you're not the only person that I know that has like highly recommended it's that. It's great. I mean, yeah. it is depressing. Yeah. It's, I mean... This movie was uplifting <laughs> compared in comparison. To um, I mean, but it's very real, very poignant. And, and it's interesting because music plays a, a big part in both films, done much more organically in the Broken Circle Breakdown. I mean, the music mix was very high in this, and some of them... It was like, what? Like, it was jarring sometimes. Yeah, and... Almost all the songs were played like full performance, like the entire yeah, pretty song. Close, yeah. Um, at the very beginning, when I said I thought it was explosions in the sky, and it wasn't, but I did know the song. It was Mogwai, which, oh, okay. to be honest, Mogwai, Explosions in the Sky, Pelican, a lot of those bands who play like ten to fifteen minute like 
instrumental, instrumental post rock yeah. fugues there kind of, <laughs> and I knew I knew the song from the beginning because that song is that why you stayed for that one not specifically there was the other there was a cigarette roast song that played in the movie which I knew I knew the song and yeah. I was like it's gonna I, drive you nuts I was like it's driving me nuts because I have this in my record collection but it's one of the ones that because specifically cigarette roast most of their songs are in a language that's made up by the band okay um and it's oftentimes the vocals in their songs are not by members of the band um and it was that song where it's just female voices going for like and and it sounds like i'm making fun of it i actually really like that song but that's what it sounds like to you and those like a lot of the music that was in this i have in my record collection when i listen to them i'm like oh these would work well as score for a film this is not the type of film that they would work well for I mean they're very cinematic and it's a very like I don't know it was jarring a lot of it it was a lot it was really jarring the other thing I noticed too is there wasn't a score right it's all found or all existing music yeah so when there wasn't anything and there was like a poignant scene and then you realize how quiet it is when yeah which is it's effective but it it is jarring when all of a sudden you get a song thrown in your face. Yeah, it was, um, and there's, I mean, they used both John Lennon and Nirvana in there, which are not cheap songs to get. I I was thinking, like, I can't remember the last time I heard a Nirvana song in, in a, a movie. Well, they don't license it to many things, yeah. so my guess is, you know... He's, he's, a, he's tied to Rolling Stone, so right. he might have, like, um, interviewed them at some point. Thank you. And I'm sure, you know, Brad Pitt being the one of the executive producers as well, it probably doesn't didn't help. hurt matters. Yeah. Um, wow, that's warm. I will say, and I don't know if this bothered you, and I felt like... What, you just drinking oil? Yeah, yeah is that weird? Uh, no. <laughs> Get your uh, straw out of there. The fact that they chose to cast Amy Ryan as Steve Carell's ex-wife was distracting. So... The I mean, two, the two main female leads, more, yep. more Tierney, Tierney yeah. and Amy Ryan, seem completely wasted to me. I mean, there's one scene towards the end where more kind of like gets her scene kind of thing, but it's just like this is way, way too little, way too late, yeah. and it's just like for they two were, very talented actresses, right? Exactly. Like they could have easily done it, but yeah, when they, for most of the time, they're they're. Uh, they're talking over the phone, yeah. so they're not together. But then there's a scene where they do get together, and it's like, oh, it's an office reunion. Right. I mean, anybody that watched TV in the last ten years, I think that's what you're going to think. Well, and and he may have done it just to give a sort of an intimacy shorthand, but it it but the characters they are, weren't playing those characters. Yeah. And there was a couple things that, and I think Steve Carell is a good dramatic actor. Sometimes. And he was fine in this, but he wasn't amazing. And there were definitely some, basically his freak out scenes where I was like, it's Michael Scott. Yeah. Michael Scott. And also it's like, he's better when he plays like low key, when he does dramatic low key. I think this is one of the first ones that I've actually seen him like yelling, yelling, just to prove, and it is, it's not... It's not what he's good at. Yeah. Um, I I think this thing took about an hour to, like, find its legs, kind of, for me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that 
the points where the main character is sober are the best parts of the movie. I mean, it, it makes sense, but yeah. it's like, why can't you bring that kind of energy to the rest of it? Yeah, it did meander a bit. I, I wish there was more interaction with him and his sponsor, um, who was, I forget the actor's name, he was Bubs on The Wire. Um, but it was nice to see him in a role that's, I mean, kind of circling the character he played, but, a, 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 you know, a different place. Um, it's a couple other things, a couple other parts that I was like, oh, I'd like to see more of that, and then we just didn't get it. Um, it's just, it, it, it definitely goes back and forth. I mean, it's not, it's a non-linear film because it goes back and has scenes with the, they're kind of like memories, but then they're not memories, and then it jumps ahead in time yeah. and place. It, it did remind me, it was reminiscent of, not in the last 10 years, but the early 2000s Terrence Mal- Malick work a lot. Where it was a very kind of spacey and it just you know. didn't look as good. Right. I think that's why. See, when I think of that, I think of like gorgeous backgrounds while yeah. it's kind of meandering kind of thing. And this, it's shot okay. I mean, it has the house that they showed in was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, the thing that I, I, I think what I enjoyed most about it because so one of my best friends moved to. San Francisco last year and she'll send me pictures from walking along the beach all the time where like you know she'll pan she'll send videos and pan down and it's yeah. a 150 foot drop to the beach below and, and, and you know so getting to see a movie do the same done thing. the same way yeah. in the same place um, I mean visual it, it you know New York gets used all the time for a location, and L.A. gets used a lot. San Francisco, I mean, and San Francisco's been in a lot of movies. I mean, obviously, Vertigo and uh, Venom recently. Ugh, yeah, and uh, uh, Zodiac. But, I mean, most of that wasn't actually shot in San Francisco because it was shot in San It's supposed to be San Francisco in the, what, the late 60s? and uh, Late 60s, early 70s? Is it recording? Yeah, it's recording. I'm just, it's funny, I... Um, I now am always, like, paranoid about that. Um, I even talked about it on my latest, this is my truth podcast with Joe Pace. Oh, uh, really? Because I, like, paused at one point, and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like... <laughs> I'm making sure it's recording. Yeah, I was like, I'm making sure it's recording. And it was funny, because he was very, like, prepared. He's Because he's running for uh, executive council. And, uh, uh, you know, he's very... I mean... Joe's much more organized than me anyways, but, uh, uh, I mean, most people I know are more organized than me. I, I wasn't going to say anything, but I, no, no. I would agree with you. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also pretty organized myself. Well, it's funny because, like, I'm organized with certain, like, it's driving me nuts that my CD collection has been out of order for over a year now. Oh, you haven't, you haven't organized it since no, you moved? No, half of it's still in, well, not half of it, probably a quarter of it's still in storage, um, but I also, most of my racks that I had it in, like, broke apart when I was moving, so I was just like... Well, it was like the fifth move that they probably had. Right, and they're not designed to be moved, um... So I'm like, all right, I got to figure something out. But it really depends on what I'm going to do in the next year. Because if I'm, because I'm, you know, I'm thinking about relocating again. Um, yeah. It, honestly, if I do relocate, it'll be like the earliest would be this time next year. Yeah. But I'm just like, if I make the that, like the decision and like the planning of it will happen in the next six months. And 
if that happens, I'm not going to buy a bunch of stuff to put it into. I mean, I'm trying to downsize. Downsize, which well, you're going to take it out to downsize, right? Well, my so my plan right now is to get everything out of storage by the end of December, so yeah. that basically whatever doesn't you fit, can weed through. Yeah, I mean, I've I done do. that a bunch of times, anyways, but. Um, so funny, we're so off topic, which is fine. I think it happens to this. Um, if, if, if it annoys them at this point, they, right. they're listening to the wrong thing because we definitely do this quite a bit. It's fine, it's fine. My <laughs> friend who I was just talking about just, just texted me while we were talking. Uh, but uh, yeah, I. I didn't love this thing. I liked it. And honestly, I knew very little about it when yeah. you... I had seen... I think I had seen the preview, but it doesn't... Because of the way previews work, they can't really show drug use in the preview. And I knew it was like... I, I thought it was more... He had, like, emotional problems and Steve uh, was trying to help him. Uh, I def- For some reason, I, kn- I knew it was a... He was, it was, he was hooked on drugs, and I don't know if it was the trailer, because... I absolutely hate trailers with a passion. For yeah. the amount of movies that I see and the amount of trailers I see. There's there's a few trailers that are done really well, but 99.9% of them are awful. Yeah, so I've gotten to the point within the last month where I'm on my phone purposely. Yeah. And I know it probably annoys the shit out of people in the theater, but it's like, I can't take this trailer again for yeah. this crappy movie. And I don't have any problem with people being on their phone while the trailers are going. Yeah. I can uh, I can see why people are upset because they want that's what they're kind of paying for. But at this point, I'm not going to waste my time watching the same trailer five times. It's it's interesting. I because um, which I did you did you ever see Alpha? Yeah, yeah. Because um, I didn't see it. How was it? It was okay. It was okay. It wasn't amazing. I mean, it wasn't dark that that dark either. Yeah. It was. It was basically. Um, it, there was any language. It wasn't. There was speaking, but it was was very minimal. Yeah. And it was all subtitled, but it was very little talking. Was it subtitled in Predator? No. But Predator shows up. It's no. Yeah, doesn't. obviously. No. Um, but yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't as dark as the original trailers right. made it look, and it wasn't as happy light. Go lucky as the yeah. So I ended up seeing it with a bunch of kids, yeah. And I was like, this is gonna go either really badly or it's gonna be okay. And it was kind of, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, it just yeah. But that trailer was cut a couple different ways. Is that gonna work? Uh, we'll see. Oh, okay. I uh, yeah, because I think that'll work better than trying to shoot it outside. Um, yeah, it's too bright. I um, did you take a picture of the burgers? No, I forgot. <laughs> I, I've done it once so far, and I didn't even post it when we posted the episode. Uh, oh wait, no, that's not up yet. That goes up on Tuesday. It should go up this week. Yeah. Still, yeah. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm publicly shaming uh, Duncan. He, he's he's recording. Um, an album for so like I mean he's um, actually doing he's busy his, he's doing his job um, so that's why some of these have gone up later than I had intended but I did tell him that that one is Halloween themed one and I was like ideally I'd like to go up Tuesday the day before but if not 
it needs to go up Wednesday because it's Halloween. I mean, no yeah. one's gonna, no one's gonna give a shit. After, I mean, that's not true. I'm sure that it will still play. There's one. That's all you. Is it? Do you already have two? There's. They put five on there. It's like Olive Garden. Just take it. You don't want it? No, I'm good. Um, Olive Garden. They like if there's two people eating, they bring uh, five. Five. If there's three, they bring seven. Um, do they just do that? I think you know they do it to cause fights. It's either that or like when they see one, they're like, "Oh, do you want more bread?" Right. Whereas if it yeah. gives them like that out, to, right? Yeah. But our waitress isn't very good. But nope. That's all right. Um. I mean, she doesn't have an open wound on her arm, so. Our waitress last time didn't either. It no. was just another waitress in the world. Yeah. So. It's mean, funny, there was nothing but, like, I don't know if you saw the, oh, yeah, the I thread did. of that. There's <laughs> a bunch of people like, why would you bother going there? Uh, but Yeah, I, and I, I do take full responsibility for no, that no, one. It, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, the food wasn't great, but now now we know. Yeah, I um, mean, now I will never recommend it to anybody else that asks about a burger. Mm-hmm. And I will shame the person that, that told me to go there. I haven't seen him in a while, but I will eventually see him again. I'll be like, I'm never never taking your food recommend- recommendations again. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of, the reason I brought up Alpha, because there were two different trailers. Yeah. Uh, the first one I easily saw a dozen times, though. Like, yeah. So I would tune out. But so in the lobby, as I was walking out, there's because this we we saw it at the AMC in Danvers, Danvers. in the Liberty Tree Mall, which is one of the worst malls like I've ever been in. Uh, no, well, I've been in the Marotester Mall or the Lilac Mall. That's mine. Thank you. Very Thank you. You are very welcome. Enjoy, guys. Thank you. All right. This this is a pet peeve. Like a slice of onion. It's you should take it. I don't, it this is annoying. Like it should have onion slices, not a slice of onion. Well, I also asked for no onion on mine, but you know, it's all right. Yeah, it's close. Yeah. So you got. So this the Sylvan Street Grill does not offer just a cheeseburger. Yeah, which I was a little surprised by. Yeah. Um, so I got um, the mushroom cheeseburger. I like mushrooms anyways, but it was also the cheapest one by 50 cents. Because I almost got the black and blue burger, which yeah. is blue cheese, and it's got black and peppercorns on it. But I was just like, I like, like, I know I like mushrooms regardless. The black and peppercorns, I could take it either way. You know, it depends on how they prepare it. Yeah. So. Uh, the fries are really good. They're hot as hell. Yeah. Yeah, fries are tasty. They've got pines on the table, which is important. The plates are really warm. Really? So this makes me think that they were sitting up there, and then somebody's like, oh, we should probably get those out. Well, honestly, having worked, um, I don't know if you've worked many, like, not meat. Probably so years. my guess is they probably plate, they probably fried the put the, they they probably put the fries on the plate and had it sitting there waiting for the burgers. They're not cold, so they're no. good. Yeah. Or well, the pickles not hot, so that means that was thrown on the last. Well, the pickles are disgusting on the side of the burger, and the plate's warm, so the it's going to be warm and cold. Not a bad pickle. It does taste like a clouson. Yeah. These actually aren't. From any pickle that we've had so far, this is probably the best pickle on the side. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm actually going to finish it where usually I'll do one bite and be like, that's enough. Yeah. So what were we going to say about the... Something about the lobby. There's a giant Alita battle angel standee in there. That movie was supposed to come out in uh, September, and now it's been pushed back to February. Yep, and they just recently re-edited some trailers. Yep. So the last yeah, I saw a new trailer for it. Last week they started doing new trailers. But I've been wanting to see that for a while. I mean, it's Robert Rodriguez, so it'll be interesting. He's one of those filmmakers. I really like him. I wish I liked his films more, as much as I liked him. You don't like Shark Girl and Lava Boy or whatever? I've never seen that one. I've actually never seen any of the Spy Kid, Kid movies either. Oh, really? But, and I always loved his, you know, 10-minute film schools on the DVDs. But I realized, I mean, and, and Planet Terror is much better than D- Death Proof from Grindhouse. His, his half. I mean, I mean, I. I yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I think Death Proof is Tarantino's weakest film. See, I think it's Jackie Brown. Like I, yeah. That's my favorite Tarantino movie. That's my least favorite Tarantino movie, and I think it's because you hate Pam Greer. No, I like Pam Greer, and I like Rob, the the other guy, but I love Elmore Leonard. Yeah, and I think. That's it's not a great Elmore Leonard movie. Right. I think it's the worst Elmore Leonard movie there's out there. Get Shorty. No, not Get Shorty. Um, oh, be Cool? No. Um, wow. It, Jennifer Lopez and uh, George Clooney. Oh, Out of Sight. Yeah, Out of Sight is by far my favorite. That's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, Jackie Brown is by far my least favorite. Where, do, where did we start with this? Oh, Death... I, I enjoyed Death Proof. I just love the soundtrack for Death Proof. Planet Terror is good, but it's like... He already did that with Machete. Right. And Machete, too. Well, Machete came after. Did it? Yeah. Because there's a trailer for Machete in Grindhouse. That's right. All right, so you took a bite of the burger. It's what actually, are your thoughts? It's really good. The bun's a little funky. It's like tearing at the... But it has a nice grill flavor. It's a little overcooked for me, but... Mine's one definitely overcooked. Ah. So I can see yours has pink and mine does not. Mine's just straight gray. And we got them ordered the same temperature. Yep. It looks like it's juicy, but it doesn't... Like taste juicy. Yeah. Um, I can't really taste the burger to be honest with you. Um, actually, what's weird is I can't taste the blue cheese or the mushrooms either. I was gonna say it's because of all the shit that you put on top of the burger. Now I can taste the blue cheese. Try if you try flipping it upside down. Sometimes that helps. Huh. I um. I don't often get blue cheese on a burger. Yeah. There's not that many places that offer it, but uh, there's more places now than there used to be. Yeah. I mean, I see, what is it? It's blue and something burger a lot. Black and blue burgers yeah. are common. That's usually the only way they do it, because this was, you can get it on any cheeseburger for this. Um there's a couple. I'm a big fan of Gorgonzola if they offer it. Uh, yeah, for Gouda, but but uh, 
I don't know if I'd put it on burger. Like, I'm not a fan of, like, meat and blue cheese, but I love blue cheese. Yeah. Like, I'll have it on on a salad or on the side. I'll dip, like, carrots and stuff into it. But steak or burgers and blue cheese, it's never been a flavor combination of, like, I don't, I don't know what it is. What about sprinkled on cinnamon toast crunch? I don't like cinnamon, so... That, that, that sounds like one of the worst things I could eat. It makes you feel any better. I don't think there's any extra cinnamon in Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I don't like the... Art- <laughs> what is it? Artificial cinnamon? <laughs> yeah, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is one of the nastiest cereals out there, which is funny because so many people love it. People are obsessed with cinnamon in general. Like, cinnamon bread, I mean, cinnamon tea. It's just like... It's one of those flavors that I've never like. I'll, I'll, I got cinnamon gum, gum in my pocket right now. There you go. That one's not as bad for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah, it's not something I'm up. One never of the things it was funny because I was I was complaining to the lady at Target in the chocolate aisle today because I was I was looking for a milk chocolate bar, um, which I often will do dark chocolate. But I said, you know, everyone's obsessed with dark chocolate now, and so now the chocolate aisle, it's all dark chocolate. It's all dark chocolate, and I was like, but the few milk chocolate bars that there were there had other trash in them, specifically salty caramel. I don't like I don't like I like caramels, and yes, I'm saying caramel, not caramel. Because that's how the word is fucking said. I don't care what anyone says. Um, and I've heard three professional chefs say caramel, not and it's caramel. Well, no. So when you, it all depends on where you were raised. I think right. It's the same thing with like coupons and coupons. One is the correct way to say it, and one is coupons. Um, but tomato, tomato, which nobody says. Nobody fucking says tomato. tomato. Um, but that you can't get anything just regular caramel anymore. It's salted caramel. It's yeah. nasty. Unless you get in like a musketeer or no, it's not a musketeer. Snickers. Snickers, yeah. No, it, it's it's the same thing with yogurt. I mean, yogurt. Once Greek yogurt became a thing, you couldn't find anything but Greek yogurt. Now you have Greek yogurt. And Icelandic us. yogurt is Icelandic. the big I haven't tried it yet. French. Aussie. Oh. I mean, it's just... You just go... It's weird tangents. Yeah. But that's what it is. Somebody comes out with something, and it, that's the only thing that's good now. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the... Because you asked me when we were watching the movie, you're like, what are you chewing on? Because I started eating my chocolate right away, and it was... Uh, European milk chocolate. Um, I like those Ritter bars, anyways. But it was like, it, uh, yeah, I think that's what it was. It was like different than the regular milk chocolate. It was yeah. like, I'm like, it's, it's chocolate. I can't tell the difference. I can tell the difference from like Hershey chocolate and like European chocolate. Oh yeah, for sure. Hershey's chocolate doesn't. I mean, it's wax, and I like Hershey's. But that's for the nostalgia factor of because that's what I had when I was a kid. Something's happening in the sports ball. <laughs> People are running. Yeah, I honestly couldn't tell you a single player on the Red Sox. I don't even. 
I, I would know Big Poppy, but I don't even know if he plays he it anymore. No. Pedro. Yeah. You know more than I do. Uh, so one of my closest friends who's... I've had this a couple times in the last 10 years where I, like, discovered someone who's similarly, like, very into the arts is also a huge sports fan. Like so, a closet sports fan? Yeah. My friend Heather has been posting every night about it, and she's just like, all right, if it goes to game... She's like, they're going to do it in four games, right? Because if not, I'm going to have two tickets for Dan Blakesley on Halloween up for grabs. And I was wow. like... You would watch the game over Dan. I was like, you. That's exactly what I like. Said that on Facebook. I was like, you'd rather watch. She's like, I can see Dan Blakesley every year. How often do the Red Sox in the World Series? I'm like, just in the past ten years, like four times. Yeah. Like I understand. I understand if this was the first time. Yeah, that first year when yeah, they I they hadn't won, I would yeah. understand that. But that like it's they, over. Now. Yeah. Like. Well, yeah. it's not over, but yeah. I mean, they broke the streak that, what was it, like three or four years ago they were in there? Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. And is she going to it or is she just watching it? So that's another thing. If, like, she was going, um, you're going to hear shit about that, though. It's fine. I don't care. (laughs) Um, The other thing that I didn't know about the World Series tickets is, so you know how they can have up to seven games in the World Series? Yeah. And the tickets sell out like months, and like people buy tickets before the, the they even know who's in the World Series, which yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but so if you have tickets to Game Seven and the series ends in six games, you don't get your money back. No, that's the gamble that you. That's why you don't buy Game Seven. And there's even years that it's only gone five. There's years it's gone four. Yep. This looks good. What are we like? Oh, the yeah, the with uh, Mahershala Ali and uh, now this is um, the same guy that did um, his other two movies with him, right? I'm not gonna be able. To... It's, the, it's the same guy who directed Moonlight, right? No, no, Moonlight's a different one. That's oh. the um, that's the one with like the almost all black cast set in the South. Where one of the guys goes to jail um, for something he didn't do. Mm. Yeah. No, that's um, not American Gangster. Eastern Promises. I think that's the director that did oh, Eastern. Cronenberg. Yeah. Really? That's interesting. I think so because it. That's the only time that Vigo's really good nowadays is when he does something with Cronenberg. So did you see the Captain Howdy or whatever it was? I know it's not the Captain Fantastic. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I did. Yeah. Sorry, Captain Howdy is the. That's the nickname that was given to the the demon that possesses Reagan in The Exorcist. Because. Do you remember D. Snyder's Strangeland? Uh, I try not to. That was the name of that was his character's name, Captain Howdy. Yeah. I remember him talking about it, and like it was such a passion project for it. And I saw it, and I was like, "Wow, you need to get better passion." I mean, it's yeah, it's a garbage movie, but I I remember when it was coming out and hearing him on Howard Stern talking about it, I was like, oh, this would be cool. And that's that's the problem I always have with podcasts is, like, I hear someone be passionate about it. I'm like, I can't wait to check it out. And then I check it out. I'm like, oh, it's garbage. Like, Duncan Jones talked about yeah. the uh, Warcraft movie. And I was like, 
cool. I'll go see it. That movie sucked. And then he was on uh, the podcast that will never be named, talking about the, <laughs> the one that he did one. for Netflix. You? And that, yeah, yeah, and that was garbage too. Thank you. And I was like, oh, Duncan Jones. Oh, I guess Moon was a fluke because everything else he's yeah. done is garbage. Moon was really good. Yeah, but I, I think that had to do more with Sam Rockwell than anything. And I was a little. I thought it was a cheap shot or like a cheap thing that. Sam Rockwell's character has a weird cameo in Mute. I mean, it's on one of the TVs, but he's playing the same character. Yeah, it's the trial afterwards. Yeah, yeah it's basically the aftermath of yeah. it, which we didn't really need to see. No. No, I, I think... So, one of the films I saw at the Film Fest, yeah. it was a documentary, and it took... I'm going to say kid, because he was definitely younger than me. He was probably, like, early 30s. Like, I actually ran into him there because he was there he did a little spiel at the beginning he's like it feels good to see this up on screen after after 10 years after watching the film I was like this guy's way too close to this thing like you could tell he edited it he lived with it and it would just it had no focus but he has all this passion for it but you have to give it to somebody else that can look at it with fresh eyes Mm -hmm. before you can kind of let it you have to let it go sure and take criticism because I think that's what happened with this guy and yeah I think that's what happens with a passion project is you're like oh it's so good this is perfect you show it to somebody and they're like they kind of yes you the whole way through yeah yeah especially someone who someone like Duncan Jones who I've heard more than a few people refer to they're like oh he's an auteur I'm like he's made three movies and like I, I don't know there's very few directors who make infallible works across the board even Kubrick yeah and a lot of the best stuff in Kubrick's films came out because of compromises he had to make because of studios I mean he made Eyes Wide Shut uh, exactly how he wanted and it, it's kind of a boring movie yeah, it's not. It's not great. It's not his best stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, what is AI was the one that he was working on, and Spielberg took over, and you can you can yeah. tell where Spielberg took over. Yeah. I mean, towards the end, but I don't even know how AI would have played out if he. That would have been. Weird. Well, I don't think he ever. I don't think Kubrick actually shot anything. They were oh, okay. in pre-production when he died, so Kubrick took over. I mean. Spielberg, yeah. It was so interesting, like, I, I, watching the uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff for Solo, a Star Wars story, and because they cut out the two guys from the yeah. Lego movie completely in any of the behind-the-scenes stuff, so all the behind-the-scenes directing, it shows Ron, Ron Howard, Howard, who only did, I think it was... It was, I like, think, maybe a month at the end, something like I that? I think it was six weeks of shooting, yeah. and but they had done, like, I think it was, like, 18 weeks of shooting before that. Did they ever say why they took him off there? I think it was a humor thing because that's well. They said that the direct that directors didn't the directors and the producers didn't agree on the direction and tone the tone, and it was a lot sillier. Uh, it's the two guys from the Lego Movie, which is one of. I mean, I'm kind of biased because I love Lego, but yeah. that is one of the funniest things I've seen in a while. Right. Even like the Lego Batman thing was hilarious. You don't you don't hire those guys for a serious movie. It's weird because like 
So Mar- and I think we've talked about this before, but Marvel and Star Wars, the Marvel and Lucasfilm are both owned by Disney. But Disney doesn't have any problem, or, or Marvel doesn't have any problem letting directors do the individual things. Yeah. Where Star Wars really wants a very specific, narrow view. Um, Which doesn't make sense. I mean, they they don't have, like, one person running everything either, do they? Kathleen Kennedy. But she's not a creative person. Whereas Kevin, yeah. Kevin Feige, yeah. like, basically, he, they didn't... I mean, they, like, literally storyboarded the first ten years of Marvel, like, as far as, like, the big tent poles of what yeah. was going to lead up to it. Um, See, that's what you need for any franchise. That, and and with the Avengers, they should have seen that. I mean, that, that, was, that was kind of the proving point where if you have this background, you need one person to oversee everything. Let the directors do... I mean, they have funny stuff in there. They have serious stuff. I mean, it's all over, but it all ties into the main story. Yeah. It's interesting to me that, like... Because the Russo brothers have become, you know... The go-to. The go-to guys for the last few movies. And as we were talking about before, I just started watching Community, and they were directors on a lot of the first three seasons of Community. They left... Community to do Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Uh, but they've, like, I mean, I'm, like, two-thirds of the way through season one, and and on that show, it was either Joe or Anthony directing episodes, and they go back and yeah. forth, but I think all but two of the episodes so far have been directed by one of the two of them. See, with with TV, I see less of a hand of a director than sure. a movie. Although, they, so they, I guess they were pretty involved, um... See, I think Dan Harmon, the creator, yeah. on Community especially, until he got kicked off. But then he was brought back after the fourth season, because yeah. nobody liked the fourth season, I guess. Um, yeah. And I didn't realize, so the guy who plays Starburns yeah. was also one of the head writers, yeah. uh, which I didn't know at first. But and he's credited as Starburns. Yeah, uh, he got I got I he got let go as well, but they brought him back as well. And he's a writer on other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm st- I'm still not even all the way through the first season, and it's so funny because I, the only because th- I've never seen Mad Men, so the only thing that I've I mean I've seen like one episode. Oh, so this is you're seeing a lot more of Allison Brie. Well, I've watched some of Glow, yeah, which she's in, but she's and she plays older, but they've also I think they make they've, her they've, look older than she actually is. So they don't. They do something with their makeup where it looks like she's not wearing makeup, and right. they make her look very plain right. in that show, whereas Mad Men, she's, like, dolled up to the max. Right. And it, it's kind of... She has a similar look yeah. in the community, yeah. but that's, like... She has, like, the, the Disney princess look kind of thing. It's so funny because they keep, at least in this season, talking about how, like, young she is and whatnot, and she's literally only two years younger than Jillian... Or Gillian Jacobs, sorry, because yeah. it's Gillian, not Jillian. Um, is that our check or is that the drink menu? No, that's the drink menu. Um, uh, yeah, I would have to say this is a not very attentive waitress. Uh, she might be watching the game. I, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I see her poking her head every once in a while. I mean, I don't really care. I mean, I'm sure if we wanted to get her attention, we could. But, my uh, plate's been up. I specifically put my plate out there yeah. about five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, and I think she filled up my water twice. Uh, she forgot to bring me an oil straw. Um, so what would you give the burger? 
See, this burger, it's very reminiscent of the one we had in Hampton. I think it's right. I think I like this one a little better, except at the 401 Tavern. Yeah. The, that is far and away better than this burger, in my opinion. I'd give this a seven. Yeah, it's... The fries a, were good. The fries were definitely good. Yeah. It was just, it's like, I didn't give a high score to the 401 either. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I liked it better than you. Yeah, the, um, the bun here is better than the 401, because they, the 401 has that flour bun thing. I had, um, I had a debate with my, one of my co-workers, my friend Elizabeth, who, because she often will go out and eat her lunch in her car just to kind of have some alone time. I do the same thing, and. Yeah. You know, we, we had a storm yesterday, and we were on lunch break at the same time, so she's putting her coat on. Yeah. I was like, you're going to sit out in your car, and she's like, I have a confession to make. I was like, what? She's like, I really want a cheeseburger, and her boyfriend also works there, but he's he's on vacation this week. Yeah. She's like, and Nick's out of town, so I can get a cheeseburger and don't have to hear shit about it that I'm getting it from a fast food place. I was like, cool. I was like, you going to McDonald's or you going to Wendy's? And she's like, that's the thing. McDonald's because, is right there. Yeah, McDonald's is right there, but we both agreed that Wendy's. Uh, but I was thinking. However, McDonald's new quarter pounder. Yeah. It's not as good as a Wendy's burger, but it is the best burger on that menu. I think we do need to do a um, Wendy's Burger King. Uh, McDonald's. McDonald's. And. You, you can't do Five Guys. No. Um, and I'm just trying to think where the closest Burger King is to, like, Portsmouth. But I'm going to mention it's it to in her. Portsmouth. Oh, it's it's near where I live. It's on the other side. Yeah, it's right across from. So the way, I think the way to do it best would be is if, if we buy everything. Four, at, well, if we had three of us doing it, each each go to one, get you know get three, and then meet the somewhere. Meet communal place. Yeah. Who's the third person you want to do I, it? I, I want to see if Elizabeth wants to do it since we had <laughs> since that conversation made me think of it. But and also because she also revealed to me that the last movie she has seen in the theater was Wally. It's been almost ten years since she's been to the movies, so I'm going to try and see if she'll want to come to one of these for. She may not. Yeah. Just because she has some. Yeah. Thank you. Any desserts? We're ready for the check. Yeah. Um. But I'm going to propose it to her. Um, that's that's going to be a tough one because the McDonald's is definitely the one in the middle. It's going to be getting win because that's where the hardest one. You know, the easiest place to do this is going to be in Epping because there's a Wendy's, there's a Burger King, and there's a there's a McDonald's within a quarter mile of each other. Yeah, that might work. Yeah, and then huh. we can just eat in one of them. Yeah, that's a... That's a and we could see a movie at Epic. Right. Yeah, we could do the trifecta. Yeah, it be a, Now, so, the the question is, are we each going to eat three of them, or do we buy one at each and then cut it in thirds? Fuck that. Well, you and I are <laughs> substantial people. She's about... I mean, and it doesn't have to be with her. I just, like... No, it sounds like... It sounds it like, like a good, good plan. I, good idea. But I'm buying my own. I mean, I probably won't... I mean, that's a lot. Three of them? Well, we'd have to de- de- decide beforehand which ones we're getting so that it's all... Well, it's easy. You do the... I would say it would be the Quarter Pounder, the Whopper, 
and then like Dave's special or whatever. That's like the equivalent. See, I would just go with the, the, the small bare bones one if I'm gonna eat three of them. Yeah, but they're all the the cheeseburger at McDonald's is like nothing. Yeah, it's like nothing. And then the one at Wendy's and Junior Cheeseburger. Yeah, but that's weird because they have different toppings too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the onions at uh, McDonald's are garbage. What, McDonald's entire burger presentation is trash. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, the Big Mac is basically just bread. Yeah, that, that's all. That's all it is. It's bread and. But people love McDonald's because of the grease. Yeah, I will say my and this was another thing that we talked about the other day was uh, I think McDonald's fries. I, I, I technically went... I, I don't need to change. Uh, uh, Wendy's fries are technically better, but I like McDonald's are tastier, if that makes any sense. The window for deliciousness from McDonald's fries is so short. Sure. It's like piping hot. I can still eat them. Garbage. Yeah. I mean, it's like... It's yeah. ridiculously how fast they degrade once they stop yeah, getting hot. Yeah, Wendy's has a, a, a longer shelf life. stable shelf life, yeah. And Burger King is just like, oh, I, it's fries. I can't even think what, like, I have no picture in my head of what Burger King fries are. No, they um, used to be battered, but now they're not, yeah. Yeah, this is a weird... <laughs> I mean, it's funny, because the other thing that I would compare... Just because it's usually, if I do fast food, it's usually my go-to. Not the milkshake, is the chicken nuggets. Which I would say, just in my head, Wendy's, it would be Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's. I love love the, that's a nostalgic thing for me, is like... Chicken McNuggets? Yeah, Yeah, McNuggets. Yeah, McNuggets with their barbecue sauce. Yeah. I don't even get them with barbecue sauce anymore. But, like, that's, like, unfortunately, that's a thing of my childhood. Did, uh, I told you about when me and Gary each did, uh, I don't remember how many we did on the podcast. We just ate McNuggets for the whole podcast. I know it was, we each ate at least 40, I think. 40 each? I think we got 100 nuggets. I think we got five 20-piece nuggets. And they must have hated you. No, he called ahead. <laughs> he called ahead and said, yeah, "said Hey, I I want to order several, you know, things. We're going to pick them up around this time." And they're like, "Yeah, no problem. Thank uh, you for letting us know." And I think he even paid beforehand. Um, yeah, because that's a yeah. I could see the kid being like, "Ha ha ha." Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that much because they're only. They're only five bucks for a twenty piece. Yeah, but still, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of food. Um, yeah, and it was funny because Gary technically got more than me because I think we each did two twenty piece and then we split the ten piece because it was originally how many do you think uh, you could get down? Uh, and I, I, you know, because I had said, yeah, I can do a twenty piece, no problem. I said, usually after 20 piece, I'm like, I'd like three or four more. And he's like, you, you can do 40? I was like, I don't know. He's like, oh, you can do 40. I'm like, I did not feel good after that for like the next day. But no, he that's... like felt terrible. How does he eat normally? He, like, honest to God, he eats worse than we do. Really? But he's uh, a lot more physically active than us. Because oh, so, he does jujitsu, so yeah. he like works it off. He also shits like ten times a day, um, 
So, uh, what, what would you... Uh, so this burger I'd give, like... It's like a six or seven. Kind of... My bun was falling apart on the bottom, but I tasted everything. Everything was good. I like the flavor of mine. I can taste mine. It wasn't bad. I just... It was it was slight. Um, I could taste the, the blue cheese after the fact. The, the mushrooms, were, they sauteed all the flavor out of those mushrooms, so I was just eating chewiness. <laughs> just, um, yeah, that's the worst. So, so how about the movie? What would you give the movie? The movie's like the same thing. It's like six or seven range. It's not... Yeah, I'd give it a seven. Yeah. It's like right on the border where it's like... Has Maura Tierney ever had a great role in a film? Because uh, she's a solid actress. Uh, so the, her best acting that I can think of was when she was on ER. Sure. Yeah. And... She looks the same that she did 20 years ago when she was on ER. I, I, My guess is she's like late 40s, early 50s. And she's, I mean, she's a good-looking woman. Yeah, she, there's one movie with her and Sam Rockwell that I feel is like amazing. I just can't, I uh, can't think of what it is. But. She always looks like she's doing duck face, though. That's just like the shape of her lips. <laughs> see, I don't really see that, but... I just know her from, like, ER. Uh, it's pronounced er. Er. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I would give the movie a seven. Yeah. It's it's definitely... Oh, Diggers. She's really good in Diggers, which is a weird Paul Rudd movie. Yeah. Um, it's directed by one of the guys that did White Hot American Summer. Like, it, it came from that crew. And it's, it's like a really, like, uh, and Bobby Cannavale's in that, too. Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, but looking back at her stuff other than, wow, she was an insomnia, and I don't even remember that. I think she played, uh, I think she played Pacino's girlfriend or something. You mean, Pacino wasn't in, oh, which movie are you thinking of? Is that Pacino? Yeah, it's the Christopher Nolan remake of... Yeah. I always think of... Um, oh, yeah, it is Pacino. I always think of Robin Williams when I think of that movie. Well, he's in it as uh, Walter Finch. <laughs> that was the same year that he did uh, Photo One Hour Photo? Yeah, yeah. One Hour Photo, not yeah. Photo Booth. Um, yeah. I think he was blonde in both of them, too. Was he blonde in Insomnia? I don't think so. He might have been. He might have shot him like back to back. I remember really liking. I remember. Yeah, one hour photo was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Is is weird for him, but yeah, yeah, I remember really enjoying. I still haven't seen uh, Best Dad Ever, which uh, that's really good. That's what I've heard, and it's I've heard Bobcat Goldthwait talking about it on the podcast recently. Um, He's a really good director. Yeah, for sure. Surprisingly, Um, he does a lot of stand-up comedians. Yeah, a lot of stand-up comedians hire him to direct their specials. Um, Yeah, I was talking about him to someone at work, and they're like. They're like, oh, that guy's dead, right? I'm like, no, no. he's he's still working. And like, I was like, I mean, I don't, did you see Call Me Lucky? The the documentary he directed about Barry Crimmins. I don't think so. It's excellent. Um, and and that's what brought me to 
because Barry Crimmins spoke at Book and Bar in Portsmouth. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, it was him doing stand-up, but it was and it was really good to see him because uh, he passed away less than a year after I saw oh, him. Wow. But it was more because he was. I don't, I don't know if you know his backstory or whatnot because he's a stand-up comedian from Boston. He's a very salty, like, kind of hard-to-get-along-with person. But yeah. he was the guy that at the beginning of, like, internet chat rooms and whatnot did, like, crusaded against America Online for all the child pornography that was being traded. and Because he was sexually uh, assaulted when he was a kid yeah. as well. And, and just him talking about having to sit through, like all of these images to provide like he was working with the FBI because basically they it was you know the early days of the internet when yeah. nobody knew what was going on and he's like this no, is here. what's being freely traded yeah. um, and he's just like you know he's like you don't understand the things that I've had to see just in glancing yeah. you can't unsee and, yeah. uh, but they're making they're, Bobcat Goldthwait is now working on a like a narrative Bio, film version, yeah. Because um, they were talking about he he hasn't figured out who he wants to get to play him. Because originally, when he pitched, when they were first talking about the idea, Robin Williams was going to play Barry Crimmins, and yeah. then he's just like, and this is when uh, Barry was dealing with a lot of his own assault yeah. issues as an adult, and. Robin Williams is like, just have Barry tell his story, do a documentary. Because Robin Williams gave Bobcat Goldthwait a bunch of money to make the movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he died while they were in production of it. Um, and so the movie was dedicated to him. Oh, that's but good. It was interesting because uh, when he was doing the podcast and talk show circuit for Call Me Lucky, you know, he's like, people were like, oh, How's everything going? He's like, well, my best friend just committed suicide. Um, my uh, his mother had just died of cancer. Jesus. He's like, he's like, and I'm working on this documentary about how one of my other best friends uh, uh, was raped as a child, and it's about his crusade against child pornography. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. He's gone through some some stuff before. I mean, people don't realize that his stand-up is just a persona like everybody thought well, and his stand-up isn't like that anymore anyways now it's not yeah. like he stopped doing that in the, what was it the 90s or like late late 80s actually was when it he that stopped late? doing the, the, the basically the, the high yeah. pitched voice and yeah he's talked about that too and it's funny because his first stand-up album not as that like persona as himself and it has to do so the name of it is also the punchline to one of the stories he was telling because he was in an airport and this woman walked up to him and she said sir I don't mean to offend you but you look like Bobcat Goldthwait <laughs> so he named his album I don't mean to offend you but you look like Bobcat awesome. Goldthwait uh, and he does, he looks a lot different now too because he's really skinny yeah he's pretty lean yeah, yeah. And, and he's talked about all the stuff that he has basically he got sober and um, has been in like an exercise program for the last like twenty years. So great, he's Richard Simmons now, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, mean, I don't know. Like, I think there was some interest. There was some important statistics at the end of Beautiful Boy. Um, it I always, was. I always hate stuff. I mean, I I get it. Right. I'm glad there wasn't like a website and stuff. 
There is at the end of the movie, actually. Oh, at the um, end, then? Yeah. yeah. Um, and what's interesting to me, because I was thinking about because my friend Michael Venn, who's a New Hampshire filmmaker, made the heroin effect. Yeah. And I was like, it's essentially about the same thing. But Michael Venn made a documentary, which was which is more watchable and also is more uplifting, even though some of the people that you see in that documentary died in real life. Um, but you do see that there is a... Um, there's a path. There is, yeah. yeah. Um, which uh, I'm trying to get Michael back on the other podcast, but yeah, that, the heroin effect is now on iTunes. And, oh, it is. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it, which to... was it was. Did you see it when it was? Uh, so it, it was, got sold out so quickly. Yeah, it was crazy um, when they did the pre-order on iTunes. They were number seven for like two weeks on iTunes for pre-orders. That's crazy. It was like. Yeah, it's us, and then the Avengers, and then, like, it was crazy. Like, he did a screenshot of, yeah. like, the top ten for that week, and, like, his documentary, which is, which is fantastic. That is so, good. And I know there's some scenes that he, he did a slight re-edit of it for, for um, the streaming. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and I'll talk to him more when I talk to him about it, but it's one of those things that I think it's an important enough resource that uh, they should release it physically just for the simple fact that some people who watch movies don't watch them digitally, particularly I, generations older than us. Yeah, I also, me personally, I don't watch anything off of iTunes because the only way I can watch stuff on iTunes is through my phone. Right. And I, it's very, very rare that I watch anything like that on my phone. And you've also heard about what's happened with the studios recently with all the people losing all their movies on iTunes, right? So a bunch of movies, I forget which studio specifically, but they removed some of their movies. Like, they're only on, like, iTunes for a certain yeah. amount of time. And even people that, quote-unquote, purchase the movie, if the studio pulls it, they, it goes you from your yeah. library. And you they'll, can't get it. And, yeah. and, and, you know, people would write to Apple and be like, I paid for this, and they're like... We don't have the rights they're like, for it. They're like, yeah, that those 18 pages that you clicked agreed to, it says... Um, you know, iTunes is not responsible for this. Content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, you know, so even though you paid nine ninety nine three years ago for you know Harry Potter or whatever, yeah. when they pull it, they pull it. So yeah. whenever people give me a hard time about buying physical movies, I'm just like, okay. I mean, I don't buy that mo- many movies anymore, anyways. But if it's a movie that I want to have, I'm like, yeah. digital's not enough for me. No, there, there's a new app that, like, tries to compile everything that you have from, like, right. all the download codes and stuff, yeah. and I have, I think I've had, like, ten download codes that I've actually used, yeah, but I I can't think of when I would have gone back and rewatched them. I, gi- I give them away all yeah, the time, because I, I just, away. you know, yeah. uh, it's so funny, because when, it, like, inevitably, whenever I would post something on social media saying, hey, I've got this code, given away someone will message me and be like where do you get these free codes I'm like I, it's not <laughs> free I was like it's not it's included with the with the Blu-ray and yeah. it's so crazy too because so the price point now usually when a movie comes out the first week the Blu-ray is 20 bucks and yeah. the DVD is 15 oh they did do that um, and 4K is that still like 35 usually um, depends or 30. like Full Moose it's usually 25 or 30 oh, okay but the Blu-ray almost always comes with a download code and about half the time comes with the DVD as well yeah and I'm just like okay so for five bucks more I'm getting like 
the most expensive parts of the con- it's basically it just shows you how little it costs to actually make yeah. a DVD yeah it's, I mean if they already have the that's the other thing with 4K is a lot of the 4Ks come with Blu-rays right but there are like a certain sect that only come with 4Ks stuff. right like I've bought stuff on 4K just to have the Blu-ray right because eventually I might have a 4K player, but... I have... The couple HD DVDs that I have are ones that it's DVD on one side, HD oh, DVD really? on the other. Because I was like, well, I don't know. Um, I got... My version of Knocked Up is the HD DVD, yeah. which obviously I can't play the HD DVD side, but it's got a DVD on the Did other side. Did you have an HD player? Nope. No. Oh, it, that it. one, I was working for Best Buy at the time, and I was... It was a... Media supervisors conference and it was, uh, one of, it was in our gift bags. Yeah, it's like here. They gave us both a Blu-ray and an HD DVD, and it, it was funny. So, um, did you ever? You never worked with Chris Perfetti, did you? It sounds familiar. Uh, so he's the he's the Manchester Best Buy GM. He's been there for about ten years, but he used to work in Portsmouth. Is he the one that had the? He would buy every movie that came out on Tuesday, yep. and, and he had a book, and he'd put them all in a book and throw the cases no, no, away. No, 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 that's not him. No, because uh, he bought a ton of movies, but he kept all of the things. But he was the one when there was the when when there was the next generation first came out. He invested in HD DVD because he's like, this is what's going to be. And then, and it was really, it was about a year and a half where they didn't know. And when finally Disney went with Blu-ray, that's was what it tipped Disney it. or. It was Disney. Net, I thought Netflix had something to do with it, no. too. No, oh, because, it, it, well, they weighed in, uh, and they said that they were going to do Blu-ray as well. But, yeah, it was Disney was the big one, because they were the holdout yeah. for the longest time. And that, I knew when they both came out, it's like, one's going to win. Right. You're never going to, I mean, just historically. They can't coexist. You can't have two. I mean, there was a competitor to DVDs back in the day too Divix Divix which was yeah, Circuit City Circuit thing. City thing which for those you know we're certainly dating ourselves but for people who don't know so it was a rental service yeah it was a, it was a rental service so what it was it was so first of all it was exclusive to Circuit City yeah which I knew from the get go that was not going to work because if you can only get it at one store, it's it just the simple fact that the, even then the tide was changing and, and Walmart was carrying more movies and stuff like yeah. that. The the big selling point that they tried to do was it was a lot cheaper than DVDs because when DVDs came out, they were like thirty bucks when they first came out. Yeah, they and were. Divix expensive. were like ten bucks, but every time you watched the movie, you had to pay a rental fee. Yeah. So even though you had the disc at your house to unlock it, so you had to be connected to the internet. And you had to have give them your credit card on file, and it wasn't cheap. It was like I mean, it wasn't super expensive, but it was like three bucks every time you wanted. Yeah, to watch it was it. like it was like either five, three or five, and you had a twenty four hour window to watch it, and then you would have to pay again. Um, so when when it lost in the format war, uh, they opened it up and they said, "All right, all your DivX, you can just watch them." <laughs> Whenever, but that only lasted for eighteen months, and then all the discs just locked up forever. Like yeah, you couldn't watch them anymore. I mean, I'm sure someone has a way to get you know someone hacked the software, but yeah. like it's it's an obsolete format. I mean, I have a when I heard about the format, I was like, that's not going to work at all. I and have, they also had an option to like buy the movie outright yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, but it was like something like twenty extra bucks to yeah. buy the movie outright. I have a, a David Bowie box set that Ryko Desk put out which is the Sound and Vision box set, and it has the Sound and Vision Plus EP that's in it, which yeah. is three live songs, and then it's a video 
compact disc, so it's got one live. For, it only plays on a laser disc player, but it's it's basically it was a hybrid laser disc compact disc. Yeah. It's the same disc, same size, but um, it's and and the whole thing with that technology, why that never took off, is the most that they could put on there was six minutes uh, on on one side of a CD. Yeah, that, that's a ton. Yeah, that'd be. I always hated when you had to. Fl- Physically flip, flip laser discs. Laser discs. Some of the some of the players you didn't have to. Those were pretty expensive, though. The ones that you didn't have to. I think I don't remember if I if mine does it or not because I haven't watched it forever. And there's two formats for the laser discs: there's CAV and CLV. And you couldn't find anything in what is it? CAV. CAV. Uh, Criterion's usually were. Yeah. And the big difference, uh, and the, I'm sure people are shutting the NOS left. Or, yeah, because you could freeze frame it. Which seems like such a weird, like a weird thing now, but it yeah. was just because I remember. But so if something's in the CAV format, you can only put a half an hour on each side, where it was an hour with CLV, which I I never understood because they always look the same. Yeah, I never, I can never wrap my head around it, but I don't think I own a CAV one. Yeah. My what was it? The movie Seven. So. I got the deluxe box set of seven, which, uh, so it's seven sides. Um, So I think the movie was on the first three. Yeah. And then the bonus features were, and so uh, the special features were all in CAV because a lot of it's just production stills. So you have to use the step button on there to go through it. (laughs) Because I remember I discovered by accident you hit play instead it just zips through like it's like mine had like a it has like a toggle thing at the bottom like an old pong joystick yeah. oh yeah that you could like click one way and it would slowly go or you, yeah. interesting yeah um, I still have mine but every time I move the gears get thrown off yeah so. It, the last time that Sears had like a walk-in clinic to fix stuff, I went and got it fixed for like nice. fifty bucks. I, um, you know, State Street Discount will still fix them. Really? Yeah, I'll um, have to go in there. It's right down the road from me. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that place is still alive. Me too. Uh, but because uh, I've been looking for like a good CD player, not a component. But like like a like a like a boombox, not a giant. Like a portable. Yeah, oh, okay. I have one at my place, but it's it's a crappy one that I bought on Amazon for twenty yeah. bucks. Like I'd like to spend like fifty bucks on. It's the one that everyone had, you know, ones that everyone had fifteen years ago, that are like you know, yeah, about a little bit bigger than the size of a football. Um, yeah, I know which one. I'm like, I had one in my car that I put on like springs. So yeah. So it, so it didn't skip? Yeah. It still fucking skipped, but... But that's why I just didn't have them, and I was like... Because they have the big honking ones that are now, like, surround sound systems, and but they're, like... They still have the black and red little little wires. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want this. And I'm like, I just want a CD player. And they're like, what are you going to play on it? And I'm like, CDs. And they're like, why do you have CDs? And I'm like, give me a break you don't even go in there yeah states to discount was the first place they 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 sold a cassette player yeah that was the size of the cassette right like it was so minimal that's the other thing is i want to find a cd boombox that has a tape player as well because i yeah. have probably two dozen cassettes that are not like it, it, and they're like recent releases uh mostly punk and metal bands that only put stuff out on cassettes yeah. and i'm like 
I have a shitty little like it's not even a Walkman. It's yeah. a it's a voice dictation cassette, but that's like it's it's a, it's a you mono to, speaker. You have to like hunt. Like I have an old boombox that has yeah. a CD player on the top and two tape yeah. decks, and I one side's ruined because I put in a, um, a one of the things you put in your car. Oh, the head cleaner. Yeah, yeah. that just ruins the heads. Yeah. So I put that one in, in one side. The other side still works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to like you have to go. You have to savers, goodwill, or yeah. But I I would like. Some one of these companies, Pioneer Sony, still has to make one. I want to walk into a store and buy a new one. The only one, the only time I saw one is somebody makes a retro boombox, like like the kind that you used to put on your shoulder with all the LED, right. LED lights and stuff. They make that. Yeah, I don't want that. That's what you're gonna have to get. Oh, <laughs> it's down the street. So one of these days, maybe Wednesday, I'll go check that. But anyway. We've gone very long in the tooth on this one. Uh, what, what was the number you gave, Beautiful Boy? Between a six and a seven. All right. Yeah. It it probably would depend on my mood. Like right now, it's probably a seven, and if I think about it more, it'll probably drop down. By the end of the six. year, it'll probably be a six. Yeah, it's not going to make the top ten. Even, no. I mean, Chalamet's performance is, is that is it Chalamet? I think I believe yeah. so. His performance is probably the best in there. Sure. And it's only good for about a half an hour yeah. in the I middle. Mean, it's, and it's the second best Timothy Chalamet performance I've seen this year. Because I saw Call Me By Your Name yeah. in January. Yeah, I, saw, I think I saw it this year. I've seen him in one other film. But yeah. yeah. Wasn't he in Lady Bird too? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so is it? he's better in Lady Bird than he is in this. Yeah. So that's... And you saw... Oh. No, I was trying to... I was looking at the art on uh, the wall. Sorry, I thought it was a rabbit. I get distracted by rabbit pictures. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, beautiful boy. Not amazing, but solid. Yeah, it's solid. No. I, I have a feeling it's going to annoy me less than Welcome to Narwhal or whatever it's called. See, I think that I love the story of that thing. I like the story of it, but... Marwin. 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 All of the CG action figures dancing, like, that looks so annoying to me. And the fact that they're, like, the visionary director, Robert Zemeckis, like... Uh, he's not visionary anymore. Like, so, okay, so he made Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and, like, everyone makes a big deal about all the stuff he did in Forrest Gump, which, yeah, to some degree, but I also think Forrest Gump is one of the most overrated movies of all time. It's a, it's a little overrated, but I love The Frighteners. Yeah, I like the Frighteners. That's probably... I really love Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but the Frighteners is a really close second. Um, that's, that's I mean, I like that other movie he did, Back to the Future. <laughs> yes, yeah. That is... Those are amazing. And to a lesser degree, Back to the Future 2, and a much lesser oh, degree, Back three. to the Future 3. But 3 has ZZ Top in it. Yeah. <laughs> Not... That's probably ZZ Top at their... Artistic low point, though, where they're flipping the yeah, yeah. But it also explained where the frisbee came from. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I like how in every movie other than the first one, Michael J. Fox is in the past is married to his mom. Yeah, and they all, even though genetics is a thing, like all his relatives look exactly yeah. like him. Yeah, because he's not mixing with anybody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's always great. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Any final words, Bob? No, I don't think so. 